All right, welcome everybody to Simply Cyber Live, uh, the Thursday evening live stream experience where typically I bring on um, industry experts and cybersecurity uh, personnel uh, to bring their expertise, whether it's zero trust architecture or it's multi-factor DevSecOps, whatever it is, I bring the heat. Well, today I didn't have a live stream scheduled, uh, but I spoke to chat this morning on the daily cyber threat briefing and they were feeling it. So I am doing a renegade broadcast. We will be talking today about why CISO lifespans is 18 to 24 months. I am going to dabble with my uh, light here for a second because I feel like I'm uh, Nosferatu and I just woke up from like a 700 year sleep. Look at me. Jeez, guys. Like, can we? Okay. All right. How's that? That's a little bit warmer. Good grief. All right. So in the next 45 minutes to an hour, I will be explaining to you why CISO lifespans are 18 to 24 months. If you don't know me, my name is Dr. Gerald Ozier. I've been working in information security for about 20 years. I came up the GRC track. I have been a CISO multiple times. Um, I'm kind of operating as one right now, although because of the org structure, my title isn't CISO, but I am accountable and responsible for, uh, for cybersecurity at my organization, including building a program, uh, maturing that program, reporting metrics on that program, et cetera, et cetera. But today it's all about this question, right? I will tell you that I um, was not a CISO longer than 18 to 24 months in any capacity. Now in my current role, I do plan on being here for a very long time. That is because I am more than a CISO in my current role. In fact, I actually like in the most weird, perverse, inverted negotiation ever was hired to be a director of cybersecurity education and I demanded that I be made the information security officer for the business as well, simply because uh, I wanna continue to be a practitioner. A, I love it. And B, uh, how can I talk to you all about how to do things right if I'm not even practicing, right? So that was my thing. So if you have any questions as I'm going through, I've kind of broken it up into five different um, reasons why CISOs have an 18 month lifespan. Uh, it says 18 to 24 in the title, but most people in industry say 18 months is the lifespan. I'll go through all five. Uh, I'll be taking your questions um, throughout the stream. It's just me here today, guys. It's it's you and Chad. It's me up here on stage. Uh, I'm looking to have a good time. I love live streaming. Y'all know that. So let's uh, get into it and have a good time. So the very first reason why, let me change my camera angles up a little bit too. All right, so that, that just looks dumb, so let's do that. Okay, so the very first reason why CISOs have an 18-month lifespan, uh, the number one I'm going to say is a burnout. Now, fortunately, I have, well, I should say I actually have um, experienced burnout. That's a fact. Um, in my, uh, my role at the Academic Medical Center, I was essentially doing the role of the CISO. <laughs> um, I won't get into too much of the backstory on that. But I was doing a lot of that in addition to being an architect and in addition to being kind of uh, a risk leader and a consultant. Uh, and it, it just became overwhelming and too much. Listen, the chief information security officer is responsible for building the program that will uh, ensure that the organization is protected from cybersecurity incidents and more importantly, that they are resilient and able to recover in a timely manner from cyber attacks in a way that does not financially impact them too much and 
doesn't result in downtime operational impact too much. Essentially, what, what, what do all these words mean? Basically, it doesn't cost the business too much and they're still producing whatever it is that they make that makes money. So obviously manufacturing is easy to do that, but like think of a healthcare, right? If you can't see patients, you can't bill for treatment, you can't get paid. If you're a, you know, um, video game company, right? Like where I work now, if the developers can't get to the code and they can't push to production, they can't push updates, right? Which may be a little less impactful because the solution's out there, but maybe you host it internally and that's down, right? So it it, it is a major um, concern and that's one of the CISO things. Um, so why does burnout happen? Well, here's the deal. It is incredibly stressful. And this is a, this is a major reason why uh, a lot of people find out that they don't like working in information security. This is a, you know, whatever, hashtag harsh truth, okay? It is, you, you gotta be constantly vigilant, right? Yes, you can go on vacation with the family to Disney World and stuff like that, but you better make sure that you got everything in order, everything aligned, your phone is ready to ring if you need it to. You have to protect all the time because it's one of you protecting one organization. Yes, you can have staff, but you're responsible. But there's threat actors all over the world who are banging on your door either deliberately because they've targeted you or because it's um spray and pray and you know you just happen to have a listening service we see it all the time all the time in the news if you've attended the simply cyber daily news briefing you know this i could be the best CISO in the world right but if some engineer sets up a remote desktop access solution because they want to remote in over the weekend to check their machine learning, you know, protein folding thing or whatever, yeah, the engineer can log in, but because they configured it with no credentials, so can everyone else, right? And as a CISO, that is troubling to me because I have all this policy and all this procedure and yeah, sure, maybe the engineer gets sanctioned or fired, which never really happens unless it's absolutely egregious and it's happened multiple times. But that one problem could result in a complete compromise of your environment. So CISOs, they, you know, there's a reason that, you know, uh, we have gray hair and stressed out, right? So there is burnout just from like the job itself, right? So some people get the CISO job and then they find out that they don't want to be a CISO because like this sucks. Okay. So that's, that's that. Now, the burnout one, there's a lot to unpack here. When you are a CISO, you typically don't have, not always, but you don't always have your own budget. So what does this mean? This means that you have to go typically to the chief information officer with your hat in your hand and say, hey, I've got all these plans. We've got these big problems and I need X amount of money to fix them. So typically information security's budget comes out of the CIO's budget. So it, it, oftentimes the chief information security officer of the CISO isn't even getting to the CFO or to the CEO, right? They're getting to the CIO and the CIO is making decisions on behalf of information security on whether it's appropriate on how much money they get. I have seen this in multiple instances. Usually a CIO will have the following things broken up into their environment. They will have an information security, they will have an information technology, they will have applications, and then it, the more advanced ones, uh, especially in, in 2022, will have like a data science 
or data analytics, uh, you know, vertical underneath them. Those are the four verticals that usually report up into a CIO. So as a CISO, you're competing for money with IT and applications. And guys, in case you didn't know, IT hardware ages out, right? And with applications, they typically have recurring subscription fees. And a lot of times applications become mission critical, um, you know, like it's impossible to get rid of it or else the business will break. So then right off the top, the CIO looks at their budget. Like, let's say they get a million dollars, right? Right off the top, they say, well, we need all these applications. That's $300,000 and IT, uh, maybe stuff's aging out. Maybe they got to buy some new stuff, whatever it is, next gen firewall, whatever. Right. Uh, like we're hoping next gen firewall. Right. Um, so that's $300,000. So there's 600,000. So now there's 400,000 and that's just for it and applications to maintain situations. That's not new initiatives, new projects, R and D exploratory, anything like that. So now you're already down to 40% remaining budget that the CIO has in this fictitious example I'm making up, but it, it drives the point home. You're, you're like competing. Uh, for money. Now, if you don't get the money, you're told to just make, make do with what you got, right? You start having to like, um, make compromises and make decisions that you don't like. And you know what? That sucks. When you have a vision, you've done the work, you've done your enterprise risk assessment, you know, the baseline of where you are right now, and you don't like it. Your organization is straight up emperor's new, uh, clothes butt naked in the wind and you need some cashish in order to put multi-factor authentication in place and maybe get an outsourced MDR solution provider so you can have some semblance of incident response and you don't have the money for it. Well, then what are you doing as a CISO? You can't get like, you can't get excited about defending an organization and protecting it with a modicum of adequacy if you can't get funded. So that gets really frustrating. And that is also resulted in burnout because you're frustrated. You're like, this sucks. Like I told you what I need and I'm not getting it. Additionally, burnout can happen from the following. A new, a new thing that's in the, in the, even though you're reporting to the CIO, a new thing that's kind of taken hold in the last three or four years of industry is that the board wants to talk to you. Okay. So the board that what, you know, like CEO might want to talk to you, especially if like wanna cry happens or, uh, colonial pipeline or something like that. But usually the board wants to talk to you. And this is supposed to be some type of like circumvention to make sure that the board's aware of the security posture of the organization. Things are being done right. But here's the problem. The board does not understand information security. And with all due respect, the board should not understand information security. It's not their role. Oftentimes the boards are, uh, I mean, it, it changes who's on the board, but oftentimes it's successful business people who have a vested financial interest in the success of that company, who are making sure that the company is moving in the direction that benefits the people who invested, right? Follow the money, right? Where's my, let me, hold on. Where's my audios, right? Follow the money, as I always say. Straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. So, they're not supposed to know about information security, but they watch, you know, the news. So they'll ask questions like, are we secure? Right. 
That is a yes or no question, and it is completely the wrong question to ask. And to explain to them that that's the wrong question to ask. By the way, when you talk to the board, you only have like a couple minutes. It's not like you're able to like roll out, you know, a 25 point plan on what you're doing. Like you get like two, three minutes and it's like maybe three three high level objectives that you're allowed to kind of touch on um, unless they have questions, which, you know, if you if you don't speak at a low enough tech, like I don't want to say low level, like fifth grade reading level or something like that, but you can't speak technical to the board anyways. Are you secure? Are we secure, Jerry? Right? We yeah. heard about Colonial Pipeline. Are we secure? Um, the question is, like, you have to be like, that's not a great question, ma'am. The, the, the thing is, it's not about being secure. It's about resiliency. We are secure in that we have reduced our risk to a level of acceptable based on the amount of money that I've been given. See my previous comment on why I'm burned out. But we are exposed to what I would consider an unhealthy amount of cybersecurity risk exposure. I have a plan on how to fix that, but at our current state, we are um, at a moderate, I, you know, we have a moderate confidence that we are um, have immediate, you know, you would phrase this well, but like a, a moderate likelihood of suffering some type of cybersecurity attack in the next 12 months, right? So. You don't want to deliver bad news like that um, <laughs> to the board, but you know sometimes you got to educate them that way, and that can be frustrating too. The final thing I'll say about burnout before I move on to the next one is, um, oh, I got distracted and got lost because I was looking at my next point here. Um, what what was my next point? What what could I guess? Why have I been burned out? Oh, well, another thing about burnout is like like shifting priorities, right? So you could be marching down the path with like, okay, we're going to roll out network segmentation or we're going to roll out multi-factor or we're going to roll out XYZ, right? And then all of a sudden, uh, like priorities shift and money gets rerouted. And all of a sudden, like your whole plan is just imploded and no one cares. Oh, and by the way, your plan imploded, but guess what? You still are on the hook for protecting the organization. If, if things go south, they're still going to look at you and be like, what are you doing? What are you doing, Jerry? And it sucks because you can't be like, well, you didn't, you took my money away. I mean, you could say that, but it doesn't matter. The problem's still there. So there's a lot of frustration at the CISO level. Um, there, I, and by the way, don't let me poo-poo this. There is a lot of excitement in executing the CISO role. It's a lot of fun. But when we talk about why a CISO might quit in, in a short amount of time, it might be because they're not getting the traction support um, or buy-in that they want from the organization. The other thing I was going to say is sometimes chief information security officers are hired simply to check a box and no organization is going to tell you when they're hiring you that they're, you're a checkbox, uh, but maybe they suffered a breach and, um, you know, the auditors or the, you know, whoever, like, you know, regulators, whoever it was said, well, if you don't if you don't have a CISO, like you're you're in trouble, or we're not going to write you an insurance policy unless you have a CISO. So they go and hire a CISO, but they don't want you to do anything. They just want you to sit there with your name placard there. Uh, and as a CISO practitioner, that's really frustrating, right? Like, what? Why are you hiring me? I don't want to sit here. Like, it sounds ideal, uh, maybe to a child, to be like, oh, I could get paid to do nothing. But as someone who enjoys challenge, like it's it's like why, like why am I wasting? my time here, right? So these are all reasons why a CISO might leave 
in 18 to 24 months. Now, another thing that I want to share with you guys, um, it kind of at a, a, a macro level, and I should have said this to begin with, is when we think 18 to 24 months, right? You need to remember this. This is critically important. For a CISO to get a job, it typically takes about six months from, hi, I'm interested in this job, to here's your first day at work, here's your computer, okay? Why is that? Well, typically a CISO is a high level, kind of executive level role, especially at larger organizations. So there's multiple iterations of interviews, cut downs. You got to have an on-site visit typically, go around, shake hands with all the players, um, et cetera, et cetera, right? So, and then then there's like, you know, a couple weeks for offer letter, a couple weeks negotiation, a couple weeks of, um, you know, the giving your two weeks notice or longer at your existing organization simply because you know like you can't just you could just pull up stakes if you're like leaving a, a dang, uh, kind of a crappy situation but most times you're gonna um you're going to make it um appropriate on your transition right uh, roy keck i hope you're not saying that i'm making this sound like a nightmare but but anyways normally okay normally a CISO it will take Okay, here's the deal, guys. I should have started with this, okay? Here's the deal. Like, mark tape, clip this, whatever you want to do. Here's the deal. You get your first day at the job as a CISO, okay? Congratulations, you're the CISO. Roy Keck, you're the CISO, okay? First 90 days. I don't care if you're, um, you know, a receptionist, uh, a warehouse worker, CFO, CEO, CISO, I don't care. The first 90 days, you're just trying to figure out where the bathroom is and like what are routines here? Like what does normal work look like here? Who are the people who are actually like in charge, like players, makers? Who are the people who are kind of dead weight? Like the first 90 days, you're not doing anything except figuring out what the hell's going on. Days 91 through uh, 180, so the next three months, you're trying to figure out like, okay, like I know how things operate here. Now I'm gonna focus on what I need to do to be successful. Okay, so I'm gonna start getting, like how much budget do I have? What Like what's my staff? That's all in the first nine days and stuff like that. But then you start executing, like let me look at the environment. Let me see what's going on. Let me do an enterprise risk assessment, right? That's three months right there. So now it's six months in, you're feeling pretty good. You, you know how things operate. You've got your plan. You've got your budget. You've got to make uh, your requests for budget. And by the way, um, budget cycles typically happen annually. So if you miss the budget cycle window, you could get hosed, but that's a separate um, issue altogether. So let's just pretend uh, you got budget. Okay, now you got budget. So you got three months, uh, your next three months, like three through nine, uh, six through nine, excuse me, you're like talking to vendors, pricing things out, figuring out what's going on, talking about implementation plans, getting getting things going, right? Now you're ready to rock and roll. Uh, you're, you've worked up your strategic plan. Months nine through 12, you start executing. And if you're gonna encounter friction, this is where it's gonna happen because up until this point, you've just been waving your arms around and like, you know, having pretty slides and updates about what awesome butt kicking you're gonna be doing when you start your plan execution, right? Up until this point. Uh, your sister and your org got hacked three times. Should you resign or wait for the org to resign? Aha. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna, like, lucky, let me mark that. I'm gonna, I am gonna answer your questions, guys. I'm just having, like, a, a little bit of a flip out here as soon as I find Lucky's question. 
I am having a little bit of a flip out and I'm loving it. Uh, if you could put a Q in front of questions, uh, here. I'm sorry, guys. I, I, I'm, I'm producing and hosting and I'm the guest. Uh, there we go. Just put a Q in. Okay, cool. All right. So months nine through 12, like you're executing, this is where you're going to encounter friction. So like if you're not going to get uh, management support, if you're going to get priorities rerouted, if you're going to have staff taken away from you, if you're going to get pushback from IT and the CIO is like, no, no, it's cool. Like this is when it's going to happen. So going back to that burnout one, uh, the burnout, that's when it's going to happen. And at that point you're like, well, this is, this is a bunch of crap. This isn't what I signed up for. And guess what? You're going to start looking for work. That's 12 months. Six months later, you've taken that new job. 18 months, I quit, right? Now, 18 months is kind of a, the top of the bell curve, right? Some people leave a little after. That's why it's 18 to 24. Some people leave a little earlier. And I'm going to bring up LinkedIn and just type in CISO, and we're going to look together at what I find, okay? Yeah, I'm spicy. That's right, Justin. When I'm riding solo, riding, riding low on the hip on a train bound for glory, I'm the captain. I'm the captain. And plus I have to hold the microphone now. So like, I feel like, I don't know. I'm out of control up in here, up in this feed. Okay. So what is another reason why CISOs may leave after, uh, you know, 18 months, basically. The next reason that I, I have is interest. Okay. I've kind of already touched on this one, but here's the deal. And this is another real one. This is less like, you know, whatever, but so here's the deal. Like, let's say, like, for example, me, right? My first legit kind of uh, information security officer accountable for information security role was uh, for an organization that had about $750 million in uh, revenue, annual revenue, uh, had about a thousand employees, had a couple hundred servers, right? This is a mid-sized business. It sounds big. But like it's totally reasonable, right? Anything smaller, like anything smaller, like like say like two hundred million dollars, a couple hundred employees, like they may not even have a CISO. They may have like a net uh, matrix person who's like director of IT and also responsible for uh, information security. Maybe they outsource uh, some I, uh, infosec services. So, anyways, I'm at a good location, right? Um, given a green field, which by the way. Here's a pro tip, right? Here's something that everybody should know that no one really talks about. When you are a CISO, when you get hired as a CISO, there's two things that you get hired for. One, to build a program from scratch, or two, to fix a program that's broken, okay? Now, you might say, well, what if there's like a successful program and you're just taking it over? Well, Maybe that's the case, but in all reality, no one's perfect. And whenever you come in, I don't care what role you're coming into, they call putting they call this putting your fingerprints all over. And if anyone has ever worked long enough in corporate America and had a new kind of high-level executive, director, whatever, come in, the first thing they want to do is change things because the way that they do it's differently and they know better. It's called putting your fingerprints on things, okay? So you get hired to either build a brand new one, which is awesome, or you get hired to fix one. Now, once you build one, like that's really, really exciting and, and, and challenging and fun. And I've done that and it's very satisfying. But once you get your plan and it starts executing on track and everything like that, 
I'll be honest with you. I would continue to execute on that plan, but my eyes start wandering. My heart starts wandering because I've applied all of my knowledge and experience into building this tailored, perfect plan that will optimize risk reduction while uh, giving consideration for financial resources over the shortest amount of time that I possibly can and be aligned in this CSF and be reportable. And, you know, the insurance companies are high five on us. The lawyers want to, uh, you know, take you out for a round of golf because you're crushing it. Right. But once, once I've done that and I'm executing on schedule, I can hand that plan to somebody who doesn't have the experience to, to have done the part I just did. And they can execute on it and learn from that and gain the experience themselves. For me, for me, it's like, I've already done that part or for, for the CISO, right? You've already done that part. So the enrichment of professional development and opportunity, it's not as interesting because you've already done it. Now, granted, I love the fact that I was able in that role to kind of mentor a couple people and bring it up and then ultimately hand that off to them as I left the company. Although I don't think the whole plan would get executed the way I designed it. Again, see fingerprints and, and other things like that. But but when I say interest is why CISOs leave, I built that whole, so I secured all of the things that I needed to secure right away that were like gaping gross holes. Then I did an enterprise risk assessment, came up with a three-year strategy started executing on the strategy, handed it to someone. And I went and took another information security officer job. And, and the interest comment that I put in the little bubble down there is what do you find professionally rewarding? What do you find professionally challenging guys? You want a job that makes you feel like you're making a difference that you're having impact. And while yes, you could be impacting it. Um, I'm just telling you, you you are you begin to either start seeing or get presented and maybe you were ignoring them before and now you're hearing them more interesting opportunities whether it's a larger program whether it is a, a different industry right i worked in healthcare for a while that's a fascinating industry to work in from an information security perspective right um maybe you're going to go work for um like a really like tesla right or something something exciting so interest is another reason why those individuals peace out. And I want to point out, guys, there's a lot of companies that need CISOs. There are not a lot of actually qualified CISOs out there. So the pool is small. So there's, you know, it's a supply and demand. There's way less supply than there is demand. So it's very, um, it's very, you know, not easy, but it's very appealing to throw money or throw opportunity, throw challenge at this bucket of people who are CISOs and hope that they come to your organization and help protect you. All right. So that's the second item. Let me, let me go to chat really quickly here. Um, also, let me know. I haven't been really reading chat as it's been coming because I've just been flipping out at this camera, but I would really like to know uh, if you guys have any questions or comments. Uh, Patrick says he loves my passion. Thank you, Patrick. I do love cybersecurity, like hardcore love cybersecurity. Uh, yeah, absolutely, Kimberly. They get they get bored, and it's not like it's not like you're in six period study in high school, and you're just like, oh my god, when is this gonna end? It's just like the 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 self development. If you're into like development, and and usually people who get to the CISO level are into pushing themselves and into challenge, and 
you know, when you build a program and put it on cruise control, it's like, okay, right? Yeah, building a program from ground up is awesome. I love it, love it, love it, Roy. That might be a fun class. Like maybe I do a course for Simply Cyber School on like how to how I would how I would do CISO for the first year at a greenfield company. Cause I've done that and it's it's cool. And I would see the thing is it depends on how big the org is, whether we would use CIS 18 or NIST CSF. So I don't know. Maybe I would do CIS for the course, but let me know if that's interesting to you, Roy. I think it'd be cool. Um, yeah, exactly. Starts to run like a machine and then it's build fix. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Okay, here's a question from my friend Kapenjlinko. How to keep relevant after the program is implemented? Yeah, so, okay, so I think what Kapengo means is like, once you are, or Kapenj, once you build out a program and it's up and running, how do you... Uh, uh, stay relevant or keep, keep frosty. Okay. So what I would argue with this is if you wanted to stay at the organization and force, uh, interest, you could begin to do, you know, what the next level of maturity is, which is basically regularly assessing the efficacy of your controls, uh, doing wider information security awareness campaigns, um, start giving talks and, and doing professional development kind of uh, in that capacity, build an internship program. I mean, the thing is, it depends. I guess the question I would ask you is, it, or I would say is, it really depends on what motivates you and what interests you. Like when I was at the academic medical center, I built an internship program from the ground up. Uh, there was one in place. I didn't think it was very good. I just said, move and wrote my own policy, wrote my own process, wrote my own hiring criteria, went and found uh, interns, brought them through the program, ended up hiring a couple. Um, I know several that went through it, uh, stay in touch with me. They've had successful careers. They would have had them anyways. I'm not saying that I'm at all responsible for that. I'm just saying, um, that was something that was cool to me that I did while I had like a lull because I was at the academic medical center for like five or six years. So I did have a couple lulls in there, not, not the LOLs, uh, but you know, like, like L U double L's. Uh, so there's different opportunities. It really depends on what you want to do. You could also get into metrics. Um, I, another thing about CISO that's like a pro tip that everybody should know. I told you about the uh, building a program or fixing a program. Another thing that a lot of people don't know, as far as I know, there's two ways to be. Well, there's a couple things here. There's two types of CISOs, right? R at least right now in 2022, there's the very technical CISOs. And then there is the very like business savvy CISOs. It's incredibly rare that you will have a CISO that's both of those. I fall into the technical CISO role. I came up computer science background. I did come up GRC, but I, I have a, you know, a PhD in cyber operations, uh, computer science degrees. So I'm very technical, that's my vein. Um, you will see CISOs that are much more business savvy. They understand budgeting and CapEx, OpEx. Um, managing teams, they, they want to put staff underneath them who are super technical and super capable of executing, but they don't want to be like up in the mix of firewalls and, and ACL rules and stuff like that. Those are the two kind of pairing alongside that. Another thing that you need to know about CISOs is that they typically manage one of two ways. It's incredibly rare that you will get both. Okay. I've never seen both. 
One is they manage down. So they're super focused on their team, their, their information security office, high touch with the staff. Um, and then, you know, they're reporting up to the board, reporting up to the CIO, doing the things that they need to do, but they're really focused inward on building their program, developing their talent, uh, being a great leader. The other one is managing up. They kind of give like strategic guidance to the managers underneath them or to the team beneath them and depend on the team to execute. Um, here, let me actually, no one knows what the hell I'm talking about right now. Um, here, I'll just put this one here. <laughs> I feel like people are coming into the stream and like, what is this guy talking about? So the people who manage up, they are much more interested in rubbing elbows with CEOs, the board, being seen, uh, having the cool corner office, right? And and that is that has value. If you have a great team beneath you who can manage the information security office, you can hobnob and elbow and play golf and end up getting more money, getting more access, getting getting the things that an information security office really needs to be successful. Um, but it obviously damages the team because the team doesn't have guidance all the time. They, they're unable to develop as well as they should. Um, so that's frustrating. So obviously I prefer the managing down one, but it is a slightly a cost because the board might just see you as like the nerd who, who makes sure that ransomware doesn't happen versus like Jerry, my golf buddy with the handicap, like the, the three handicap, ah, scotch at the country club. Right. So that, that gets into politics and all that crap. And, uh, unfortunately you have to play politics at that level, which I'll keep down cutting down my list here, but um, since I'm trying to stay on topic of why CISO's lifespan is 18 to 24 months, but um, it, there is a bit of Game of uh, Thrones going on there. Let me just look really quick at questions and then I'll do number three. Uh, Alfred Alfredo says, we conveyed as below, at, or above baseline compared to other industries. Oh yeah, that's not a question, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to, um, a lot of times executives will want to know how do we stack up against our peers? Uh, because they don't want to know, like, <laughs> they don't want you to say that we're bad. They want to know if they're bad relative to other people. Uh, lucky also said here, your CISO and your org got hacked for three times. Should you resign or wait for the org to force you to resign? Um, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't resign. Uh, and we'll get into this, uh, later on in the show, like what happens when you get hacked and how does that affect you professionally as a CISO? Um, the results may surprise you stay tuned for number for number four on this top five list. Um, but anyways, yeah, I wouldn't resign unless like the only reason you'd have to go deeper than this, right? Lucky. So like, why are you hacked three times? Are you a high profile target or is your organization really vulnerable because you're not getting support and management, um, buy-in to protect, et cetera, these type of things. Do you have insider threats? Okay, so number three on my list of why CISO's lifespan is 18 months. Cash money, homie. Kimberly McKnight, I saw you in chat. This is for you. Straight cash, homie. Okay, straight cash, homie. Okay, here's the deal. CISO's get paid through the nose, okay? It's it's awesome. I'll just, you know, say it, say it for what it is. It is awesome. And you can negotiate the crap out of it and I'm not just talking about straight cash, homie. Like you can get cash, you can get your cell phone, you can have your car, you can have flights, you can have tuition reimbursement, you can go to every conference, you can get like you can get a stipend for your 
YouTube cybersecurity channel, right? It, it can happen, just saying. So there's all sorts of ways to, to do it, but money, money, uh, we're mercenaries, right? We're, we're mercenaries. Every one of us is mercenaries. We go to work for money, right? We can love the mission. We can love the, the, the story, but if they stopped paying us, we may love their story still, but we're going to go somewhere that pays, right? So because there is this supply and demand going on of lots of businesses needing CISOs or security guidance or whatever, and, and very few people able to do it, they, it, it turns into like a bidding war. It's like a human version of the housing crisis right now, right? And by the way, just like the housing crisis, People in Silicon Valley can offer way higher salaries than someone in, you know, Sioux City, Iowa. Okay, now your cost of living changes, and that's that's something totally different. But my point is, um, you know, money money can be thrown around quite a bit. Now, like I said before, if you just started a job, chances are you're really focused inward. I want to be successful the first ninety days and figure out where the bathroom is. Uh, I, you know, ninety one through eight one eighty. I want to. Uh, demonstrate some value to this organization, uh, start building a plan, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not really hearing these calls for, are you available? And then you start getting closer to the 12 month mark. You're either finding out that you're frustrated, you're starting to get bored. It's not the job they told you, a million things, right? And then or you could even just be happy, right? You could even just be happy. And another uh, suitor comes over and says, hey, you look pretty good. I like what you've done. Perhaps I could double your salary. Is that interesting to you? Well, yes. Yes, that it, that is interesting to me. I'd, I'd love to talk to you about doubling my salary. What else would you like? Well, um, what about like family vacation to Disney? No problem. Okay. Like whatever you want. It's a negotiation. So if you're throwing me 2X plus a bunch of bennies, and this company over here, while I love you, mean it, like there, you can even politely be like, hey, listen, uh, I got this other offer and it's, if you want to match it, that's awesome, but I don't think you're going to. And then you tell them. And most of those times, those organizations will be like, oh my God, like what an amazing offer. Like, like typically you're talking to the CIO because that's usually who your boss is. And the CIO is like, like, are they hiring? Like, that's, that's pretty freaking awesome. Like I would take that too. So that's, that's the reality, right? Cash money gets thrown around quite a bit. Um, just as a fun fact, since I love fun facts, the FBI, um, IC3 organization reported in 2021 that there was over $6.5 billion in reported cybercrime to the FBI. $17.8 billion over the last five years. So if you just do the math, it's getting like exponentially worse every year. No organization is going to want to be a victim of a cyber attack. And as I mentioned before, guys, I know cybersecurity is like the buzzword du jour, blockchain, cyber, all this crap. Not a lot of people know how to do it well, right? You can have specialized skill sets. Like I'm great at pen testing or I'm a great SOC analyst. But building a program from scratch, understanding how to prioritize different initiatives, understanding how funding works, budget, managing staff, understanding what is like, we don't need to build, we don't need to do an enterprise risk assessment. We need to get SecOps and MFA in place now. Like knowing those things is a skill and not everyone has it. So 
people are quick to throw money at it, especially these tech startups that are just getting like fat checks written to them. Like the people who are writing those fat checks are like, you sure as crap better be protecting your, uh, this organization. So that is the straight cash homie. Okay. So let me, let me, uh, go to chat again, guys, any, any feedback on, I don't even know. I'm just flipping out over here and I can't read chat and flip out with the level of flip out that this stream warrants it warrants. Okay. Let me do this. It's looking spicy. It's looking spicy. Okay. So let me check chat really quick. Um, let's see what you guys are up to. Hey, Carrie, good to see you. Mervin. Good to see you. Roy Keck. I really appreciate you being here. Um, LinkedIn user anonymous, uh, says they'd sign up for the sister course. I might do that. That's a really fun one. Uh, Nick Barker. I see you West coast, Nick left coast, Nick. I love it. I love it. All right, Kimberly, I see you in chat. I really want to get more technical. 50-50 would be nice, but I realize my business skills typically outweigh my technical. Yeah, that might be the case, Kimberly, but I'll tell you what. I feel like technical skills are easier to pick up, and obviously I'm biased, but technical skills are easier to pick up than business skills because the business side, everybody at the business knows what the business rules are and how they work. So if, you, if you're like fumbling about, you lose um, political equity and you know, positioning within the pecking order at the business, you know, the technical order, the IT engineers might, you know, they might give you a side eye or sneer at you for not like nerd or move, but they're not going to like stop you from getting budget or anything like that. So I think, I think you're in a good place. Micromanagers are the worst. I agree with you hundred percent guys. I've just learned into being business savvy. I will say, um, if you do want to get better at business, you know, Find someone who's like slightly above you in the pecking order or, or, uh, appear to you in the pecking order that has some business responsibilities like the CIO, like at my last job uh, or two jobs ago, I really wanted to know more about the business. So I leaned into it, right? Two, two jobs ago, I asked, um, the acting CISO. Well, I guess I should say I asked the actual CISO. I feel like I was the acting CISO. Um, Hey, like, like, let me get access to budget. Let me get access to metrics. Let me do these things. Um, and this is actually how I ended up becoming the acting CISO, but, uh, let me get access to these things. Cause I got to learn the business side. And then in my last job, I told the CIO, Hey, like, as I do these things, if you see a way for me to present this information better in a PowerPoint, let me know. Um, if you, in, if we're on a call and something funky happens, that's like political or game of thronesy, maybe like, let's have a debrief afterwards. You, you need a mentor basically, or at least I need a mentor in order to get those skills. Right. What a team model for CSO, CISO, and CIO. One's technical ones, and they duel for all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's that'd be pretty awesome. That would be pretty awesome. Usually, the CISO reports to the CIO. Um, when the CISO becomes a peer to the CIO, the CIO typically doesn't like it because then you start getting into a situation where the CISO has budget, uh, but the CISO doesn't want to spend budget on things that fall under IT, like uh, hardware replacement for end of life systems for patching and vulnerability management. So there's certain initiatives that are like my, like I care about is the CISO, but I can't control. I need it to do it. Uh, and that's where you start getting into some of those, um, fights, if you will. All right. I see cyber Randy. Uh, yeah, we're all just mercenaries looking for money. Um, let's see. Let's see, CISO starter packs. Yes, yes, yes. Collect, collect the entire collection, Amir. Right? 
get 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 all get the entire collection. I love it, Amir. Oh, so does so does Justin Loken. He loves it. We got some cyber spicy. I loved it. I love it. I'm just looking through chat chat here, guys. Thanks, Nick Barker, for loving the insight. I try to bring it. Uh, presenting to a board, um, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, it's it's just you know you get like a little time slice in front of like it, you know it's almost like when you had like one line in the school play. Like you basically have to pick like whatever the highest level thing is that's important to you and kind of report on it and talk about like, um, like where we are and where we're going. Okay. Like very, very strategic, right? Hey, like, hello. Like, you know, thank you for having me. Um, I just want to report that our current cybersecurity posture state is a 1.7. And by the way, even though you're only going to show one slide, you'll typically have like eight slides behind it because you have to be ready if the board says, where did you get that number from? Or what does that mean? Or how, like, what does this look like? And you know, you have to be able to quickly go to that next slide. There's absolutely no like, oh, let me find it. I know it's here somewhere. You don't, that, that's not gonna fly. So uh, like, hey, we're, we're 2.1 right now based on where we are. We, we're looking to get to a 3.5. This is based on a scale of five. We're executed on, on schedule. Um, we are, you know, like we're within budget, like, you know, like we're on budget, we're on track. Uh, if there was like a high profile thing, like colonial pipeline, something that they may have heard of, you may want to throw that in there to kind of like, like spice them up. Like, oh yeah. Like, and you may have seen colonial pipeline that was a ransomware attack, but it did have to do, uh, with the way that the, uh, the attackers got into the organization. We are, um, we actually have controls in place that would prevent that. Um, so hopefully that won't happen to us, but we are tracking ransomware as an overall threat. Now, um, you know, and like, you know, I hope to report that we're at a 2.5 at the next board meeting, right? So, so then you start giving like trending information and updates. The one thing I will point out and which sucks is that a lot of times, like I said before, the board doesn't understand this stuff. So a lot of times that's like, not always, but like, that's when someone like, that's when a couple of them leave to go get a bathroom break or go grab some coffee or they start, start sidebar conversations. And it's like your time, the, talk, the clock is ticking and you can't be like, um, excuse me, like, are you done talking? Like you can't, you just have to like do your best. Um, so typically, you know, it's, <laughs> It's not unlike, it's not exactly the same, but you know, like when uh, in, uh, IT people are talking to Congress and then Congress is asking them ridiculous questions that are like, like what, what exactly, like how does, how does TCP fit into this? And it's like, like, first of all, where'd you hear that? Second of all, that question makes no sense. And third, like now I have to like actually answer that question in a respectful way. So th that, you know, that's kind of the deal. Um, Typically, like I said, the budget comes from the CIO. Uh, so the CIO would be making kind of budget requests to the board, not you. So, and, and if you're screwed, the CIO will take your presentation and report it to the board on your behalf, which really sucks because then, then you know, like it's the worst when someone's taking your stuff and presenting it on your behalf. That's the worst. Okay. LinkedIn user talking about me being like Red Bull. I'm giving LinkedIn users wings. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. I love, I, I just love the fact that y'all are here and let me flip out about CISO lifespans. Come on. All right, let's see. 
Yeah, fraud dog in the house. My man. Love it. Let's see. I'm just going through chat here. I know I'm supposed to be going on to number three. Uh, let's Okay, yes, yeah, the internet. It's the information superhighway. Okay, so what is the fourth reason why CISOs have an 18-month lifespan? Why are CISOs quitting? If it's the top of the hill, why are you quitting? Well, let me tell you. Sometimes, friends, the grass is greener on the vendor side. Now, what do I mean by this? Okay, so I'm actually on the vendor side now, but I'm also the information security officer. Here's the deal. You are CISO for an organization. You are a cybersecurity practitioner. You are focused on building a program, delivering um, risk reduction to the organization, you know, reporting on metrics, et cetera, et cetera, handling incidents when they come in. Do you, you know, cut off the internet or not? These are the big decisions, right? And it's awesome. But as I covered in the first burnout example, it's a lot of work and it can be wicked stressful and it can suck. Um, so a lot of times vendors, right, who have typically deep pockets because they're usually venture capital backed, like, you know, uh, VC investors, angel investors, you know, series A, series B, you may have heard of these terms. Just basically, it just means that they have like a machine in the back that's printing money, like, like straight printing money. Okay. So they can give you a lot of money. And here's the best part. Well, why would they want to give you a lot of money? We already said that you can hop jobs and get paid more, right? We already talked about Amir's, um, you know, uh, family vacation triumvirate uh, situation and cash money and Lamborghinis and all this other stuff. Why would you, what's the money got to do with the vendor side? Well, here's the thing. When you go to the vendor side, the vendors want you because you're a CISO. You speak CISO. Vendors want to sell product to CISOs. CISOs typically stroke the check, right? So vendors want to get in front of CISOs. CISOs are buyers. That's a key word, huh? So let's take that away today. CISOs are buyers. Vendors want to speak to buyers because that's who is going to buy their product. A sales guy walking up to a CISO is going to be like, hey, what's up? I'm a sales guy. And while there are good sales guys, don't get me wrong, a CISO is going to be like, what are you doing? Like maybe, maybe like, oh, what are you doing? Or what do you, what do you not do? Whatever. But a CISO talking to a CISO, it's like, yeah, we've, we've like, you know, we've, we've been in the same trenches. We face the same struggles. We know what it's like with the board and the CIO and staff and breaches and sec ops and all, you know, insurance and all this. Like I feel you, right? Two things. One, the vendor side can use CISOs to get access to other CISOs. And two, the vendor side can use CISO knowledge and experience to improve their product to actually solve CISO problems. So that's why the vendors want the CISOs and they'll pay handsomely for it. So as a CISO, why would you quit your job and go over there? Well, maybe you're burnout, maybe you're whatever. But here's the thing. Five o'clock comes, whoop, whoop, I'm out, baby. CISOs don't have to deal with like, hey, guess what? It's uh, Christmas Eve and we just got ransomware. You know, uh, light, light up all of the, um, you know, Captain Marvel, uh, you know, buzzer beepers or whatever they are. Uh, you know, flash the uh, the Batman signal or do the, if you're older like me, the, um, God dang, what's it called? Thundercats, right? Thundercats, like the sword comes up around his eyes and the little omen of what of gray skull or what i know it's i know it's he-man but you know what i'm saying anyways long story short you're not getting that call so you can turn your phone off you can kick your feet up you can go on vacation with the family and feel like no big deal i'm not available 
right? And you don't always have that luxury when you're responsible as the CISO. So just for peace of mind, if you could, here's the deal, mercenaries, unite. If you can get paid the same or more and have less of the stress, tell me why you wouldn't. And there's reasons, right? Maybe you like being a CISO. Maybe you like the challenge. Maybe you're an adrenaline junkie. But for a lot of people, that vendor side, ooh, that grass is green. Get over here. Take your shoes off. Rub your toes, right? Put it in the grass. Make like Feel the earth between your digits. That's that's why they go to the vendor side, right? And you're no longer a CISO when you're on the vendor side. But when you're on LinkedIn and your title says CISO, mm, VC is going to find you with that cash money, homie. All right. Oh, my knees. All right. Number five, and this is a uh, harken back to the breaches that Lucky asked about a little while ago. I have opened <laughs> Thundercats roar. Yes, exactly. See what happens. Hey guys, I'm just saying when I don't have a guest, I am the guest. So I get to just be a little bit more me, which is super fun. I, I, I am enjoying the crap out of this stream. Thank you for being here. We're talking about why CISO's lifespan lasts 18 months on average. Well, let me tell you another reason. <clears throat> you're fired, right? So maybe you suffer a cybersecurity incident, right? Now I'm not saying you get fired, right? So that's why I have like the crying emoji or the LOL emoji. Here is one of the best things about working in cybersecurity. You guys ready? If I do a wonderful job and we don't get hacked, right? I know it's not if, but when, and like you can mitigate, minim minimize the impact but like let's say um you do a wonderful job and you only have like skin rash level hacks right you don't have full cancer right you just have skin rashes uh which happen right you get you know little flare-ups and stuff like that well then you're a great CISO and everybody loves you you built a killer program you stress the yourself out wicked hard but you 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 man the fort you're on you you're on the wall you're you're wearing the you took the black Game of Thrones style, and you you defended the wall. Way to go. Now, you're this guy over here, or this woman. I'll say guy, because this is going to be disparaging. You're this guy over here, and you did nothing. You lied on your resume. You know all the buzzwords because you studied a glossary. People don't know what you're talking about, so they think you sound great, but you have no clue what's going on. And you get breached. Well you're going to have to manage that breach. Okay. And you're going to deal with it. And maybe actually my example is terrible because that's not going to work, but you so you, you, you suffer a breach, right? Here's the thing. Let's say you're, you have good intentions and you just did a crappy job of your job. When you suffer a breach, you go through the breach. At some point, the business is either going to go out of business or you're going to recover. Chances are you'll, you'll recover in some capacity. Well, once you've lived through that breach, that is a life experience and a professional experience that cannot be um, done in a tabletop. It cannot be faked. It cannot be done at a seminar. You can't go to Black Hat and play for training and experience it. It is earned through the gauntlet and the fire of dealing with an incident. And I got to tell you, incidents suck. They are high adrenaline, high stress. You're trying to work and you're getting buzzed like every 10 minutes for an update. And you're like, how am I supposed to give you an update? If like, how, how, how am I supposed to give you updates? If I'm constantly, how am I supposed to work on an update? If you're constantly asking me for an update, 
bruh. So once you finish that, it's very desirable. And this is what's cool about information security as a CISO, right? So if you suck at your job and you get breached or you're great at your job and you don't get breached, both are very desirable because you can say, hey, I am wicked good at my job. We don't get breached. Or, hey, I'm really good at my job. And I went through an incident and I know exactly what to do if it happens to us. That peace of mind, that like, um, you know, uh, battle-tested experience is highly desirable. So, in conclusion, we win. We win. You can't go wrong. So, suffering a breach, not a big deal. I mean, you could get fired if it's like gross negligence or something like that. But basically, we're going to be all right one way or the other. So, a CISO might uh, get fired for a breach, but they're going to be able to bounce back right away. Also, as I went with... Um, Item three, cash money, homie, or straight cash, homie. You're going to be more desirable because you just went through this, right? It is a resume bullet. It's not a resume generating event necessarily. It's a resume bullet. It's so outrageous and inverted, but that's the deal, y'all. That's the deal. Um, so these are just some of the reasons why a CISO lifespan is 18 to 24 months. Uh, I will uh, spend a few minutes now doing uh, a exercise. We'll see how it goes. I have no clue how this is going to go. Let me know in chat if you enjoyed um, this presentation. I'm only going to go for a few more minutes. Uh, I've enjoyed the crap out of talking to all of you guys. If you're interested, here's a couple bot commands. Uh, if you want to join the Discord server, do exclamation point Discord. If you want to join me for my morning daily news briefing, do which many of you already join. Uh, so I know you guys are there and awesome. Exclamation point news. Uh, there's some Simply Cyber merch like Team Replay shirts, I Heart NIST, and Simply Cyber. It's 15% off through Sunday. You can check that out at hashtag or exclamation point merch. And then the GRC uh, Master Analyst course, which is dynamite if you want to become a CISO, um, can be found at exclamation point GRC. So now let's let's do an experiment, guys. Let's see if uh, let, <laughs> let's do an experiment and see what happens. Okay, so let me do this. Okay. Okay. All right. So check it out. I'm gonna I'm gonna put the microphone down. So my audio is gonna get kind of crappy here for a second. But I'm what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put CISO into LinkedIn. I'm gonna try to zoom in enough so you guys can see that. And let's look at some CISOs and see what's up, okay? Okay. Okay, so we're just gonna do this rapid fire. First one, Rich Ronston. Rich, what's up? Oh wait, I don't wanna connect with Rich. I wanna investigate him. Okay. Okay, so Rich, let's check out what his deal is. He's a CISO. Five months. All right, we'll check back on. We'll check back on uh, Rich here in about seven months. Okay. Paul Nizov, CISO at Abbey, whatever that is. Hey, Paul. Oh, it was at Booze. Me too. Cool. All right, let's see. CISO, one year, five months. Might be looking for a new job. Yeah. So this guy right in that window. Um, Mark Tape. Let's come back to this guy. 
in uh, the next six months and see if he still works there. No offense, Paul. Uh, Martin Mazor, five-time CISO. All right, there's interesting stat. Let's see what's up. Uh, let's see, CISO, five years, 10 months. Okay, so we have an outlier here, uh, but he did just, he did quit and go here for three months. Um, yeah, he was a CISO here three years, four months. He was a CISO here nine years. So this guy's a little bit of an outlier. If I had to guess, uh, can we get an age on this guy? Let me see. Do we have his degrees? I always like look at their degrees and see when they graduated undergrad. I don't see it. Um, he doesn't have a picture. Okay, if I had to guess, I mean, good on this guy for bucking the trend, but if I had to guess, this guy is um, a little bit further along in his career. Okay, all people results. Yes, let's do that. This guy, Oshin. What's up, baby? Looking good. Okay, let's do this. Oshin, CEO. Okay, that's nice. CISO, one year, six months. Okay, so this guy right at the 18 months-ish. Exactly, 18 months. Left to go be CEO of Orange County. Nice. CISO, two years. So in that 18 to 24-month window. CISO at Xerox, two years, three months. Slightly outside the 24-month win uh, uh, window, but close. Director of Information Security, two years, eight months. So this guy, this guy is right on brand. All right. Nice job, Oshin. Okay, let's see what else we got. And let me know if you guys want me to stop doing this. This is pretty fun. I actually like this. Jennifer Shook. Good to see you, Jennifer. Down in Seminole, Florida. She's going to a black hat party. Okay, okay. Let's go there. Okay, let's see what she's up to. CISO Network, security strategist. Okay, she's not really... Uh, she's not a CISO. The, the keyword CISO uh, came up, though. Steve Swanson, my man in Manassas. Let's see what Steve's up to. All right, so Steve... He's not really, his title says CISO. His title says CISO, but um, he's not. He must be like a V CISO. Yeah, he does CISO advisory. Okay, still, he's doing CISO work one year, eight months. Uh, and now he is, it looks like he's a V CISO for Verizon one year, eight, four months. So he's on, he's on schedule. <laughs> I'm telling you people, listen, I'm not, hold on. How do I make my screen big? I'm telling, I'm not making this up. This is like fact, not opinion, right? Like everything I just told you is reality. It's based on, I've been in this game for so long, man. I know, I know these, this is, it's, I, I love that this is um, not making me look like a clown baby. Um, okay, so let's see what this, what's this guy's name? Wade. What's up, Wade? Good to see you. Okay. Sees Wade, founder and CEO, CISO to go. Okay, so kind of V CISO. Now, this doesn't count because this guy is the founder of the company. So, of course, he's going to stay there. Um, v CISO, two years, seven months. So, he was kind of bouncing around V CISO. Guys, I will say V CISO is a little different. Okay, it's kind of like on the vendor side. When you're a V CISO, you basically just get to come in. It's like the best of the CISO stuff. You just come in, tell them what's wrong, tell them what to do right, and then you bounce to the next. Um, project, right? So it's kind of all the reasons that people typically leave uh, or jump CISO jobs. Okay, last couple, last couple. Jamie Herman, CISO, Newton PA. All right. What's up? What do you got, Jamie? Oh, connected to Gary Hayslip. I like Gary. Okay. Let's see what he's got. CISO, four years, seven months. Ooh, my. Okay. My. 
And before that, seven years, one month. So Geller and Company. Okay, okay. I like this. I see you. So this guy, an anomaly. I, I'm curious. I am curious, okay? So he's been the CISO for seven years. My guess, right, if I had to guess, is that he owns a piece of Geller and Company. If I had to guess, okay, let's just... Let's just take a peek, okay? Geller and Company. Hold on. Wait, how do I? All right, 452 employees, financial services, okay. Um, founded in 84, so he was working there long before, I mean, long after 84. He came in in 2015. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he doesn't have a piece of the pie and he just really likes working there. Okay. So th there's one There's one that doesn't follow the trend. All right, a couple more. Jonathan Edwards, uh, Senior VP in CISO. Are you? Okay, let's see. At Verbosity LLC. Let's see what it is. One year, four months. Okay. On schedule. <laughs> On schedule. All right. I want to find someone who's like, CISO, CISO, CISO. This guy's great photo. Love that. Look at that, Brian Cornell. Great job. All right, let's see. CISO, seven months. CISO, seven months. CISO, 10 months. CISO, seven years, 10 months. CISO, one year, six months. Okay. And then manager of IT. Okay, so this guy right here, I don't know what happened here. This is interesting. So... This guy follows the trend, and then he's got this, like, anomaly right here. But, um, you know, good for him. But see what I mean? Like, poached, 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 and now he's self-employed. So he's probably v in himself uh, out to people because he figured it's it's uh, it's the best of both worlds. You get to be a CISO, uh, and then you don't have to deal with cleaning up messes. Unless you that's what you can contract for, but... Typically, um, you just fly in, tell them what they're doing wrong, give them an action plan, and then move on. Okay, that that's all the the, the list ends here. Okay, so let's let's bounce out of that. All right, y'all. Well, I hope you enjoyed that little uh, <laughs> sporadic uh, foray into OSINTing uh, LinkedIn. I do feel okay. I didn't know what was going to come up. I do feel that. 90% of the individuals we just looked at adhered to what I was talking about, further proving as evidence that, you know, this is real. Um, and it just is what it is. So if you're aspiring to be a CISO, be mindful that this is the grind. Oh, by the way, I just get another fun fact. Like when you go interview for a CISO job, they literally will ask you this. What makes us what like how what gives us confidence that you're not going to leave in 18 months like literally that's a question that you get asked as a CISO interview candidate doesn't matter all you have to do is say i love this area i love this company i want to move my family um i you know i've i've done a bunch of different jobs i've i've worked a bunch of different places i know what i want this is where i want to work i love your you know like whatever it is you know what they're not going to say well you know at least I'll give you first right of refusal in 18 months when I get a competing offer for uh, double salary. You know, like 
next. Like, you're not going to get that. So, you know, whatever. They ask the question, you get the token reply, and then it is what it is. All right. Let me just look at chat right now. Okay, so guys, now um, I'm going to do something really quickly. Uh, I'm going to play the outro. Well, actually, so that's going to do it for this episode of uh, Simply Cyber Live. Thank you so much for being here. Be sure to check out the live streams every morning uh, at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, simplycyber.io slash streams if you want to catch it. Uh, you can join the Discord at discord.gg slash simplycyber. I genuinely appreciate it, and I hope you all join us either in the morning streams or next Thursday for Simply Cyber Live. Thank you. Okay, so I wanted to do that. So when we clip it for the podcast, um, when we clip it for the podcast, then uh, it'll make sense. But I can I can hang out for a few minutes, uh, like for like seven more minutes, if you guys want to hang out. Oh, we got a CISO in, in chat here. Um, PM. Hey, PM. Uh, I, let me see. I'm a CISO for 10 years. That's awesome, PM. Um, have you been a CISO at the same organization? Have you encountered any of the five things that I covered as far as leaving or wanting to leave? I, I have to imagine if you've been a CISO for 10 years, you've been approached by other organizations or you have been jumping around. Um, okay, so it sounds like you've been at the same organization. Um, yeah, I mean, you must obviously like where you live, like where you work um, or you own equity in the company or something like that. Um, but I would be surprised if you hadn't been approached um, for competing companies or by vendors or anything like that. You also, you also I would expect, have a good relationship with the CIO. Yeah, definitely. Well, welcome, PM. I'm, I'm happy to have you uh, in, in stream with us today. Um, let's see. I'm just going back through uh, chat here. Yeah, definitely. Um, thank you, Kimberly. Yeah, if you're watching on LinkedIn, LinkedIn is super cool. Uh, but the Simply Cyber YouTube channel, you just have access to more rich content. The streaming experience from the viewer perspective, from your perspective right now, is just a little bit more engaging and entertaining. It's like you can still get what I'm saying through LinkedIn, but there's a... Oh, Okay, cool, PM. We have talked. That's cool. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry, PM. Uh, I have so many conversations with so many people. I, I forgot. Oh, that's fantastic. Then, yeah, we definitely have talked. The DSU PhD program. I didn't go through cyber defense. I went through cyber ops. But, yeah, you're. I do, I do remember. Yes, exactly. Congratulations. Um, you're going to love that. You're going to love. I love DSU. In fact, um, I don't know if you got... Okay, like let me know. There's actually like a like a happy hour soiree thing at Black Hat on Wednesday night uh, for DSU. I, it might be for PhD graduates only. I'm not 100% sure. I got an uh, email from um, the dean or, well, from Pat Ingerbretson, if you met him yet, uh, from Pat saying that they were hosting it. I don't know if it's for active stu ongoing students or not, but if, if you got it, um, it'd be cool to like, you know, high five you and have a beer with you. Stuns and Roses asks, good to see you, Stuns and Roses, too. I really, I know you said your new job's going really well, but um, I really hope uh, it continues to go well. Uh, how much overlap is these concepts for a director? 
Um, I would say there's not a terrible amount of overlap simply because when I think director, I think director is somebody beneath the CISO uh, in org chart. And the director is focused on one facet of the information security program. So like you might be the director over security operations or the director over governance, risk and compliance, right? It depends on how big the org is. If you're at a smaller organization, you might be the director. Um, yeah, you can, you can run. You might be the director, but you report to the CIO and you're the director of information security. So effectively you are the, um, CISO or, or ISO or whatever. Um, if you're, if you're solely responsible and accountable for information security, then it's completely overlapped to some degree. You might not have to do as much like, uh, budget and political stuff and all that crap. Cause the CIO handles that for you. But, um, I would, I would say that that's, it depends on what kind of director director is a really generic title that can be used a couple different ways, depending on the org size. All right. Well, that's, uh, I guess that's going to do it uh, for this episode of Simply Cyber Live, guys. Thanks so much. I had a wonderful time. I'm glad we got a renegade stream uh, out and got it to uh, roll. Yes, exactly. 100% PM. The biggest issue is that they call InfoSec personnel CISOs, but they are not really CISOs. Not at the same level as the CIO, let's say. Exactly. Like, when you're empowered to like make real decisions and real change without having to like, I mean, you have to like, it has to be reasonable. Um, it has to be reasonable for the org. You can't just like go YOLO and make stupid decisions, but, um, there's definitely, you definitely know if you're a CISO or not. All right, everybody. Great show today. Um, Looking forward to tomorrow. Just as a aside, this is really for the uh, daily cyber threat briefing. But since you're all here, if you want to enter to win a TCM Academy um, practical ethical hacking course, uh, compliments of TCM Academy, go over to the Discord server, exclamation point Discord. And if you go into the giveaway channel right now, there's an active giveaway going. You just hit the little celebration megaphone confetti emote to enter and we will be announcing and awarding it tomorrow morning at 8 23 a.m live on stream so if that's something that's interesting to you definitely check it out it's uh it's to make it accessible to those people who can't normally attend live uh, on the stream all right guys be good take care um we'll see you next time <laughs>